Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. It's time to Ben Jarofsky show as I speak. It's Friday, August 6, 2021. Headlines in the paper. CPS special ed remains plagued with problems. My Chicago Sun-Times, yes. Chicago Public Schools doing a dreadful job taking care of some of the most vulnerable children. But I'm not going to talk politics. I'm not going to talk schools. I'm going to talk something that's going to bring joy to my heart, my beloved Chicago Bulls, a team that I have faithfully, loyally rooted for, for, oh my God, 50 years, longer than either of my two guests have been around. 50 freaking years I've been rooting for this team. And it's finally going to pay off with some great moves that will lead to a championship. That's what I'm saying in my heart and my of hearts. I'm wondering if my distinguished guest will inter- yeah, agree with me. So without further ado, I will ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. Oh, hell, I'm actually just going to introduce them anyway. They're regulars, sports experts on our show. The man we call Benji the Bookie because he's the smartest better in the city of Chicago, Benjamin Hall. And the man we call Miles Porter because that's his name podcaster, uh, former Ben Jarofsky show editor, and a great baseball player and all-around sports fanatic who one day will be on ESPN and will thank me for giving him his start in the business. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Hey, and by the way, I, uh, I am old enough to, to be a part of all of your years of Bulls fandom. <laughs> Wait, let me do the math, though. No, I don't. I actually, I started rooting for the Bulls the year they were born, which is in 1966. So I don't, I think right, you got me by one. I, I got you. Okay. So I've been a Bulls fan longer than you were born. And Miles wasn't even thought of in 1966. Uh, <laughs> Miles' parents were <laughs> children in 1966. Uh, Miles' father, I want to say, is one of my dearest friends, but he is such a front runner when it comes to my beloved Chicago Bulls. He is a Michael Jordan fan, Benji Hall. He is not a Bulls fan. And as such, he is. His his attitude about the Bulls draft choices and uh, selections uh, can be boiled down to one word: harumph. Okay, that's kind of where he's coming from. Uh, so, Miles, we're going to start, start with you. <laughs> Benji agrees. Miles, we'll start with you. I need an optimistic jolt. I need some good news from you. Your thoughts, Demar Derozan, uh, uh, Garce, Gar- <laughs> Lon- Lonzo Ball. Even Benji's got to like that one. Uh, and Io uh, Dasuma, Io Dasuma. Your thoughts? Have the Bulls significantly improved themselves? Go ahead. I think I think the Bulls are taking really good steps forward. I really like the Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso additions to this team, as a, in like in regards of just uh, just floor generals. I really don't feel like Kobe White was the answer. I think he's a little bit of a sprint down court, dribble under the basket, pass it out. Hopefully, someone catches it and makes it three. I like what Alonzo uh, Ball and Alex Caruso bring when it just comes to facilitating the court. Uh, and I'm a big DeMar DeRozan fan, so I like that he's in Chicago. I think there's a, there's a lot to look forward to. I think there's still like a few vulnerable spots within the Bulls roster uh, 
when it comes to the, the, the defensive side of the Bulls. But, you know, I think I think it's looking up. We're taking some good steps in the right direction right now. All right, Benji, your thoughts. Um, Keith Porter is a wise man. I, I think it <laughs> it comes it comes down to the fact that uh, I, if you're just gonna like blindly root for uh, whatever the Bulls do, then then you really are rooting for management and owners. But if you actually care about the team, then you root for the players um, first of all. But uh, my assessment here is uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, the DeRozan thing. I think is just absolutely insane. Uh, I don't know what's what's what is spurring the Bulls' uh, immediacy to 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 somehow make the playoffs. They're not going to win the championship with this roster. They, at best, will probably be like a four or five seed, and then get spanked. So they've they've given up all their future. They have a they have some young talent, and then now a bunch of old talent that's overpaid. I don't. I don't know what is the end game here. Is the if the end game is to finish 500 and make the playoffs and declare victory, congratulations, you, you're probably going to achieve that. But if you actually want to win uh, the championship someday again or have a competitive team, then they, they've just gone five steps backwards in my mind. Now I love the Lonzo Ball signing. That was great. Um, Oh, and by the way, like all these sites that are declaring that the Bulls are now a free agent destination again. Uh, what? That sounds like came straight out of like the marketing department of the Bulls. Uh, first of all, they didn't they didn't get one free agent except Caruso, and they just overpaid him. They uh, all the rest are signing trades. They gave away assets for everybody. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I think Caruso is an okay signing. Lonzo is a great signing. I think he's got great potential. I, I don't know what in the heck the Pelicans are doing. Um, whenever you trade with a bad team, it usually ends up to be good for you. Um, unfortunately, I think the Bulls may be one of those bad teams. So I think a lot of teams did all right. Um, but the DeRozan thing just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. Um, and then, I don't know, the, 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 the other guy they picked up, the Tony Bradley, he's, he, he's a good, competent backup. So there's no problems there. But I just... I'm really upset that they're just they're giving up the future and they're giving up the recent future, too. They've just completely given. Oh, what is Kobe White supposed to think about all this? And obviously, Lowry's done. I mean, he seems to be done with the team. Uh, it's like they just burned a bunch of years away. And but there's also no where, where's the future? What, what if how many? Here's a great question for you, Ben. How many wins do the Bulls need to? Because I think a lot of this, these moves are to make the playoffs, but even more so, it seems like they're trying to prove to Zach Levine that they have a winning culture and it's worth staying on much like the Bucks did with Giannis. How many wins do the bulls need to, to get next year or how far in the playoffs do they need to advance for Zach Levine to go? Yeah, I need to stay here. Well, all right. I'll answer your question uh, with this. I think a lot of the moves that they made were in part because they thought Zach Levine might leave. Right. And uh, so, so I think that for the first time in recent years, the bulls are actively are, are actually sort of thinking a couple steps down the road. So if they don't sign Zach Levine, if they, uh, if he leaves and he might leave, this is the first, this is the first response that miles had when I was texting him, uh, after the, uh, the bulls signed Lonzo ball. And I'll let you speak to this miles because this was your first thought. Uh, your first thought was, I, now that they put committed this money to Lonzo ball, uh, and, and Caruso, I don't know if they're going to have money for Zach Levine. And then right after that, uh, DeMar DeRozan signs with the Bulls. a lot of money, apparently. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, oh, well, now I see DeMar DeRozan is going to be there if Zach Levine leaves. So that's my general reaction. Miles, I'll allow you to speak for uh, on to this point. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think you know, keeping Zach Levine around, I think that's going to be pretty essential for the Bulls going forward. You know, you know we're, signing, we're signing all these players, making, making a bunch of signings, I think somewhat making a few steps forward. But Zach Levine did just recently come out and talk about how he wants to be rewarded for his all-star play, which I think rightfully so. He deserves, you know, a healthy little penny for the season that he recently had. I am, I don't know what's going to happen with that. 
down the line uh, come free agency when it comes to the Bulls wanting to re-sign him or extend his contract in some sort of way. I don't know if the Bulls are going to be able to do it because they're spending so much money on so many additions to this team right now. I don't know where exactly he fits financially in all of that. So this might come back to hurt the Bulls in the future. That's where I really, really worry about all this going forward. Well, okay, so that 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 plays right into my whole argument about what are we doing with DeRozan. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, DeRozan's like, what, 32, 33? Uh, they, they probably paid him double what the market value was. There was no bidders. All the teams that were looking for a DeRozan-type player, you know, uh, most of the, the, the teams that are, like, rebuilding, they don't want DeMar DeRozan because he's too old. I mean, the Bulls are delusion that they're not rebuilding. Um they have had the worst record in the last five years of anyone in the NBA I just read. So how are you not rebuilding still? Um, if it, so they overpaid DeRozan. If that gets in the way of paying Levine, he's going to get maxed out if he has a decent year. Someone's going to pay him max. So the Bulls have the power because they can offer the extra year to him. But yeah, if they don't have the money now, what have they done? They've just traded they've gotten they, they've given money to a bunch of old guys when Vucevic and DeRozan that have no history of, of doing anything if you know I guess DeRozan had some winning teams with Toronto but they always got blitzed in the playoffs remember Toronto won the championship after he left there's not a there's a coincidence there and I think the bigger issue was Kawhi Leonard it wasn't like oh we're the same team, but we well, don't have DeRozan. No, the issue was they I'm got Kawhi Leonard. He didn't <laughs> I mean, win in San Antonio either, so he's not all that. That's all I'm saying. He's not right. worth the money that they're paying. Uh, I'm but now but gonna, even if even if, even if they can wrangle the money, keeping the roster the way it is right now, they still have to convince uh, Zach Levine that the Bulls are the best destination for him. He's going to have multiple suitors. So I think it comes back to, once again, how good does this team need to be next year for him to want to stay? Uh, And is it reasonable? Let me just have our uh, show's crack team of fact checkers uh, go through your your statement. Uh, DeMar Rosen is actually 31 years old. I believe uh, in the course of one sentence, you aged him to 32 and then 33. Had I allowed you to continue by the end of your uh, show, you would have him up to 48. So a little exaggeration from one Benji the bookie there. I'm just saying. He's going to hit some of those birthdays in his contract. (laughs) I'm just saying. The guy went from age 31 to 32 to 33 in one sentence. (laughs) Okay. Now, let me me deal with your other stipulation about free agents. The reality is this. There's no such thing as free in a free agent. The notion that a free agent is free is the biggest bunch of BS I've ever heard. Now, I understand that the Bulls have been horrific at getting uh, top-notch free agents who are free to sign with any team to come to them. That is so clear. I cannot argue that one, Benji or Miles. Absolutely. But if you go out and get a quote-unquote free agent, you pay top dollar, and that means you have to – essentially get rid of people on your uh, roster. You have to cut people. So effectively, you trade them. for. So there's no, no such thing as well, a free agent. A free agent costs money. So essentially, you do what the Bulls did. What the Bulls did was they took players they didn't want, and I can't give an argument for having any of them except perhaps Thad Young, and they traded them for Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. And I don't think anyone, even the most jaded anti-bull observer, could argue that the players they gave up are better than the players they received. I'll ask Miles Porter for his thoughts on this. Go, Miles. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think think if there's a positive that we could take in from getting DeRozan aside from my fandom for DeMar, because, you know, it's Raptors and you know Drake and the Six. Um, I I think that there is a veteran leadership that he could bring to this team. I think it's still like they're still pretty young for the most part. There's still guys who are still uh, kind of trying to catch their foot in this league and developing over the years. And you know the Bulls, I still don't think they ex- know exactly who they are at the moment. 
like it was just said, they're really they're still trying to prove to Zach Levine. This is a hey, we're gonna be really good this year. We're gonna be better the year after that. I think DeMar DeRozan, depending on how he plays, depending on how he's scoring, uh, how he's facil- facilitating the court along with Caruso and Ball, I think that'll help the Bulls kind of find their identity in all this. My biggest issue is that I don't know if the Bulls know exactly where they're going. I still think this is a little bit of a shot in the dark with them. Um, you know, we haven't gotten crazy elite talent to this point. Um, but going forward, I think the Bulls need to figure out how is this going to go in this year alone and then kind of try to present something to Zach Levine and to themselves and the fans as to where they want to go after this. That's how I feel about the current state of you know, what's going on with this team. Benji? I would actually argue that having the assets and Thad Young on his cheaper, much cheaper salary going forward is better than DeRozan. And the reason, I mean, look at Thad Young last year. He was arguably the most valuable player on the team besides Zach Levine. Zach Levine called him the most valuable player on the team. He gives them all these things that they need, which are passing and defense and team chemistry and movement. Uh, He doesn't space the floor, but either just DeRozan, but at least he plays defense and he doesn't need the ball all the time. Um, and supposedly he was Zach Levine's best friend. Uh, so if you're trying to keep Zach Levine, why would you do that? I don't understand. Um, here's my question. I, I totally agree with you, you that miles that what is what, this is where I'm most confused. Like what is the purpose of the bulls management? What is their plan? It, it does seem scattershot at best. And here's what really worries me. they hired this new GM. He was got this great reputation in Denver built, you know, you know, Jokic and Murray and all these guys, he made great, great moves. He didn't rush it, right? That was why Denver became what it is. They they strategically incrementally moved up. They didn't go all in and go crazy and sacrifice the future. And here he comes and he makes some great moves, but then there's other moves where you just, like everyone in the NBA just that, that really understands the NBA really well and analyzes it. It's just total head scratchers. And my fear is that management is stepping on his toes and making him do stuff. Now, so so there's two scenarios. One, they have a new incompetent GM who's just random. Or B, they hire <laughs> a great GM and the management won't let him do his damn job. Either scenario to me is scary. All right. Uh, yeah. Before, Sorry, Ben. Uh, I know this is really wrecking your day. No. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I would say I, my response to what you just said is that uh, uh, they're – uh, if you ask me what they're up to, they want to uh, sell tickets and build interest in the Bulls. Uh, and for the first part, it has sort of worked uh, because I know some people uh, who have purchased Bulls tickets and are season ticket holders. I'm not going to name any names except one of them hosts this show. Uh, and uh, <laughs> But I must point out that I made those purchase with uh, – my friends who Miles knows all the people that are in this Bulls season ticket package and Benji knows all the Bulls are in this season ticket package. And I'll leave their names out because they don't want to be humiliated by uh, the world knowing that they just purchased these tickets. Uh, Benji, <laughs> I just want to point out uh, that these purchases were made before any of these trades. So I don't even know if uh, they accomplished that goal. Um, I believe that in many ways, Benji, uh, what the Bulls did this uh, off season reminds me of what they did in 2000. I think the year was 2016. Uh, the, the years come together, Benji and Miles, and I forget often oh, what happened when, but I think it was 2016. When out of nowhere, they went out and signed D Wade and picked up uh, Rajon Rondo, Rondo and they pa- paired them with Jimmy Butler. Uh, and I remember absolutely everyone. I remember you telling me it was the most ridiculous, absurd thing they'd ever heard. Uh, Benji Hall actually reversed himself, uh, generally noted uh, for advice to general managers at, at the start of any draft, just draft somebody from Kentucky. Instead, you were dogging Rajon Rondo, who is from Kentucky, last I looked. Uh, well, he and used I, to be. I, I was encouraged by it, and I still think that but for that unfortunate inj- injury to Rajon Rondo, they would have probably would have beat the Celtics in round one and gone on to uh, round two, and Lord knows where it would have ended up. Uh, and everything fell apart after that. But essentially, I, I equate that season to this. It's all about, uh, it's mar- mainly a high-profile marketing acquisitions 
that get people like me really excited uh, and uh, yeah. get us interested in the Bulls. Those don't usually make- turn out well. Well, nothing else the Bulls have done, uh, Benji, has turned out very well since Michael Jeffrey Jordan left the team. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Miles, I'll go to you. Uh, does what the, what the Bulls have done uh, in recent uh, days, does that make you more excited about the team, or are you as jaded as your father? I, I, I'm more excited. I'm more excited. I think I – think, uh, <laughs> I hope for the right reasons. Uh, I do like what Lonzo Ball brings to the team. I don't know how much we're going to see LeVar Ball at the United Center. Part of me wants to see him there. The other half of me is like, oh, you know what? Maybe he doesn't have to be there. I don't know. I think I think the attention is definitely going to be brought more to the Bulls this year in Chicago. From like a from like an entertainment standpoint, I, I do believe this is going to get like more attention, uh, you know, to this team in general. I don't know about the success. I think they are going to have a little bit more success than they've had in the recent years. I don't know if we're going to be like a super competitive playoff team though in the East going forward. But I do think that this is good for them getting a little bit, a few more fans in the seats, getting a little bit more attention. Maybe they're going to win a few close games here and there. Um, I think it's good for the Bulls. I don't think it's going to be like a crazy dramatic, like shift we're going to see, but I think it is like something good for the Bulls in the, in the standpoint of just getting more eyes on them. And, you know, if they, if they're, if they're 500 this year or a few games above or below, Maybe we could land someone big to join Zach Levine, and he won't have to leave and go somewhere and we can watch him destroy us. Well, uh, I'll pick up on something that Benji said a little while ago. I'll throw this out there and get your reaction. Uh, in the East, my humble opinion, there are two outstanding teams. Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets. In my humble opinion, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, without an injury to Kyrie Irving, go to the finals. I think even Benji agrees with yeah. me on that point. Yeah. So there's two outstanding teams in the East. The rest, it's all they're all about the same. And so uh, you you put you put these players, Lonzo Ball, uh, Demar Derozan on the Bulls. They're closer into that mix than they were beforehand. And it's a what are you doing for me lately? (laughs) NBA Association, and you start worrying about what happens down the road. Those Denver Nuggets, they didn't go anywhere last year. So you wait around with the draft, which, as Benji knows, I love to say, is so overrated. You'll be waiting year and year after year. Go for it now, I say. Life is short. The Bulls are as close as any team in the East not named Milwaukee or Brooklyn to the top. And they're closer than they were before these trades were made. Benji Hall, take it away. They're as close as Detroit is. But Detroit has a future. So you can talk about, you can be negative on the draft because the Bulls kind of have stunk in the draft, but other teams don't stink in the draft. I would take kind out of that sentence. Uh, (laughs) I would definitely take kind out of that sentence. Coming in hot today, Ben. What's that? I'm coming in hot today. Uh, no, you could. You said the Bulls are kind of, kind of stunk at that at the draft. I said you could take kind out of that sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's ridiculous. But Miles, you step in. Come on. He, he I feel said like, the okay. Bulls are. The Bulls are better than Detroit. Go ahead, Miles. I would feel like the Bulls are better than Detroit. I would say maybe a little bit below than the like the Knicks. Maybe I could I could maybe see them competing with the Knicks on that level a little bit less. But I don't know Detroit. Oh man, that's all right. Let's <laughs> name the teams. Let's name the teams. We already said Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Not yeah, those are two. Those are the two. Philly, yeah. Philly with the current lineup. We don't, who knows what it's going to end up. Philly being. is psycho, man. Ben Simmons. They got to take their best player off the court when it comes to free throws. I got news for you, Benji Hall. They can Philadelphia. They can beat the with the, without hey, Ben Simmons. Weren't they no the ones with the the pl- the the plan? Weren't they the ones that had the plan that were going to lose all their games and win things through the draft? <laughs> oh, that really worked out well, didn't it? They, they got the cycle who can't hit a free throw. Come on, well, man. That, that was a bad thing that happened with Ben Simmons. You know how upset I am about that. Uh, but they, Embiid, no one's stopping Embiid, so they're probably favorites against the Bulls in most people's minds. They're going to have probably right. a better record. They're just, you know, overall team. Uh Miami, they did some really good moves. Uh, they're also kind of in a win now mode, but at least they have like uh, a better track record. They made the finals two years ago, so they're probably better than the Bulls. Would you agree? Mm, nah, they're right there. 
they look terrible. In I would the say, yeah, yeah. I would say that's very fair. I just, I just, I'm looking at the Pistons' 20 and 52 record. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't go that far. I can't go that far. You lost Benji Hall. You lost credibility on that one. <laughs> hey, they got the, that number one pick is going to be a stud. You watch. Yeah, tw- in uh, ten years, yeah, yeah. you know. Okay. No, no, he's going to be a stud right away. Um, the the top three picks in this draft are super super special. There, I think Suggs is also super special. I could tell you right so, now. Uh, with since, see, this is where I think the draft is overrated. Miles, Benji, and I have this uh, discussion slash argument every time we talk. Get your thoughts yeah. on this. Since we went to a system where it's one and done, there has not been one number one draft pick, in my humble opinion, that has advanced his team to the next level. Not one. Absolutely. Every, I know Benji's all dying to talk about John Morant. They they luckily stumbled into the you don't think eight play in. into the finals without eight and they don't get in the finals. Yeah, how many years has that been? And without <laughs> the and they finals. had to go out and get a free agent to do it, Chris Paul. If they didn't have Chris All Paul, I know is, Ben, here's here's what I got to say about the draft. Every All Star in the NBA was drafted, except uh, uh, well, actually, there was one. There was, there's a couple that were undrafted, but. Almost everyone comes from the draft. That's the whole point. If you have draft assets, now is number one pick always going to turn out? No. Is the number four pick always going to turn? Out? No. But the odds of you improving from those high draft picks are incredible. The number one pick has not been the pivotal. I, I had this conversation with you just a while ago. Well, it should have been Luca. I mean, but you, there you we can't go. tell me that Luca is not a game changer. I Luke mean, is a just because teams are stupid doesn't mean that the draft is dumb. Uh, f- fair enough. Miles, your thoughts? Yeah, I think <laughs> – when, it, yeah, I mean, you know, some draft picks don't, don't pan out the way that we all assume that they will. And I right. think that, that, that uh, you know, that goes to when, you know, the, the mentality, hey, let's get it now. Let's try to win everything now. I don't know. I think, I think like, oh, it's, it's interesting. It's so interesting with the Bulls because I don't think we've had too many draft picks – Maybe since Derrick Rose that have turned out to be something spectacular. Well, that's right. But what was what was Derrick Rose's position in the draft? He was number one, first rounder. Yeah, okay. and now when you look so back on it, he probably the number one that's at, the last at, time the Bulls were good. They had wait, a number one guy. But timeout. Right. Looking back on it, if it, we we do this all the time, my dear friend Norm is going to be so mad at what I'm about to say, and he's going to vehemently disagree with me, but. <laughs> If you got him, no, I'm going to say <laughs> Derek Rose, knowing what we know now is not a number one from 2000 in uh, the 2008 draft. I know he was then, but if he wouldn't have got he, injured, he was, he was, he has, I mean, he was an amazing player. He was, but he got injured. Yeah. And I remember, I, mean, I remember guys. Injuries are just bad luck. I mean, I, I, unless the I, guy has a history. I remember guys at the time telling me. Don't take Derrick Rose. He's going to get injured. Don't take Derrick Rose. And they were analyzing his game. And, of course, I'm like my good friend Norm. I love Chicago basketball. He's from Simeon High School. Are you kidding? Take him. I was so excited. Yeah. And then within four years, he was He's injured. Still worth it. Uh, Miles, would you, have take, would you take Derrick Rose? I had to do it all again. I know how uh, Benji's going to answer this question. Or Russell Westbrook in the 2008 draft. Oh, I'm taking D Rose every time. <laughs> I, and, 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 and 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 I think and, and even like as of recent in his recent years, I think Derrick Rose has still become a very very solid player and has made a quite the impact on the team that he's been on, specifically with the Knicks. I really like what he uh you know he doesn't have that bounce that he used to, and his shot is kind of strong. Well, if you notice, when Derrick Rose misses a shot, he really hits the board hard. When it comes to like exploding to the basket, he's obviously not throwing it down like he used to. I think I think Derrick Rose is great. I would have I would have still stuck around with you know with that pick. Um, maybe if I'm the management, I would have gone about a few things a little bit differently. Had we know about the things that we know now, I know a lot of people hate this, but I, I guess load management kind of comes into play when we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And it's like, you know, it's it's such like a new generation like thing to talk about these kind of things like resting players. But um, no, I, I would have taken him. I would have taken him 100%. I think it would have eased up on the throttle with a few a few games and like, you know, a few minutes with him. But uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm sticking with D-Rose. Love Russell Westbrook. But uh, I got to go with D-Rose. You know what? I'm looking at the list right now, and uh, Miles and Benji, I got to go with you guys. Uh, I'm looking at the list of 2008, the draft. I'm, I actually called it up. And uh, the number one pick was Derrick Rose. The number two pick was Michael Beasley. The number three pick was O.J. Mayo. The number four hmm. pick was Russell Westbrook. The number five pick was Kevin Love. I would take Derrick Rose over them. And it just underscores my point that the draft's a crapshoot, that uh, the draft's overrated, that uh, there's not a there's not a player in this draft. And this was supposedly a rich draft. There's not a player in this draft that is going to turn a team around. There's not one. And I remember everybody was losing for Zion Williamson. Oh, that, now you can't even get a consensus that he was worth the number one guy in that draft, Benji Hall. But a lot of people say that John ja Moran is. So this just underscores the point how unpredictable the draft is. I'll What's take that? both of them. I like both of them. I mean, the whole – I mean, but you have to have young talent, right, at a certain point. And where are you going to get it if you're not drafting? You're going to have to overpay. You're going to have to find someone else's draft person that maybe – you know, they flopped on that team and you got to like give them a second chance. Like, you know, Malik Monk, right. is a perfect example. The Lakers are taking a flyer on him. I wish the Bulls would have taken a flyer on him. The guy's got crazy talent. Yeah. And he, you know, he could have a breakout, you know, second kind of career. um, Cause you can get those guys cheap, but otherwise, I mean, how are you going to pry a John Morant from Memphis? Ain't happening. You're not going to pry Zion from new Orleans. Uh, You have to throw the kitchen sink at him and, uh, unless you have tons of assets, which usually are draft picks, uh, then that's the other thing. You don't have to draft with your draft picks. You can use them as assets if you're smart about it. Now, I don't think trading them for an older player who doesn't play defense uh, and uh, you know is not part of the future of your team, maybe a two-year future, but not a, more than that, to sacrifice that, I mean, unless unless you could somehow flip them, but they paid him so much money, who's going to want the DeMar DeRozan contract now? I mean, so I, I just don't understand how they're, you know, they're not manipulating their assets properly. That's kind of what my take is mostly on it. All right. Uh, let's go to yeah. the one thing we all – oh, Miles, you got something to say. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was, I was agreeing with that 100%. And it's funny. It's funny that was said because I'm thinking about a few – baseball teams that are that that currently you know, right. made a few decisions just like that um you know i don't know how much that works out for you down the line so um and baseball is even more of a crapshoot right i mean oh, you know it's a lot of randomness in baseball and yeah. the nba you know that you need one or multiple of the top 20 guys if you're going to if you're going to win and the only way to get those is either you're the lakers or you know some other team that has you know, the clout and the, the connections to clutch. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, that's how that worked. And, or, or you already have a Luca or somebody else on your team that can recruit players. And right. If you don't have a foundation of that, they're not coming. Cause no one, yeah. no one that's a, a, a star, a top 20 guy in the league wants to jump onto a team that is rebuilding and has no talent around them. Yeah. I've momentarily forgotten. Help me out. I just blanked. Who did Phoenix defeat to get to the uh, championship round against Milwaukee? Clippers. They beat the Clippers. All right. There were four teams. We'll move on after this. I'll make this point. There were four teams, the four best teams, the four teams that were surviving. Uh, and, uh, well, actually, the Bucks, the Nets weren't. Uh, they lost to the Bucks in the second round. Uh, of those teams, two of those top five teams, two can say they built it through the draft: Phoenix and Atlanta, and the other three. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, Milwaukee. Milwaukee got lucky with Giannis on a fifteenth round pick. On a fifteenth round. How did they round, get him? Uh, fi- uh, they, they, they didn't trade that draft pick, though. 
They got lucky with Giannis, and I'll say it again: Doesn't that matter. fourteen other teams didn't take it. That's the, the crapshoot part. Is all about. It's a taking quick, chances. It, it's like buying one lottery ticket or twenty lottery tickets. <laughs> the guy with twenty lottery tickets has a better chance of winning. Don't buy lottery tickets, people. No, it's not. Yeah, I was going to say, don't. He's not saying buy lottery tickets. The the reason it worked was because fourteen other teams passed on the best player, which proves my point. These guys don't know what they're doing. It's a crapshoot. It's your when when it happens, you're a genius. When you hit on it, you're a genius. And more often than not, you're not a genius. And so, but everybody pretends year after year something great's going to come out of the draft. And most likely, as I as I just saw when I looked at the 2008 draft, it's mediocrity. And so the Bucks the the Bucks got one guy from the draft because 14 other teams made a mistake, and then everybody else that was worth something on that team they got through trading or free agent. And so I I stand by my point. The draft is overrated. Now let's move on because we've each made our point. Can I say one thing real quick about that, Benny? Go ahead. I can guarantee you that this year the steal of the draft the Bulls did not get because they didn't have anyone in the first round because they traded it. Well, unless, unless, (laughs) young Benji, unless the steal of the draft, and Miles will support me on this, the steal of the draft could come in the second round. And the biggest steal in the draft of all time of the last, let's say, 10 years was Giannis with the 15th. The second biggest steal was the big feller on Denver who was, what was he, like the 40th pick? 39 geniuses in the NBA who know everything passed on this guy until Denver took him. And he was the MVP. Further proving my point. These guys don't know what they're doing when it comes to the draft. It's a complete and total crapshoot. And then they see later on who's good. And uh, if if you're Pat Riley, you just go out and get them as a free agent. All right. Uh, both of you were excited about Lonzo Ball. Yes. And let's take the deep dive on Lonzo Ball. Uh, we'll start with you, Benji, then go to you, Miles. Why are you excited about Lonzo Ball joining the Bulls? Go ahead, Benji. I've, I've been a Lonzo Ball fan for, for a very long time. Um, the, the the real knock on him is obviously his free throws and shooting. He had that crazy hitch in his shot, uh, slow release. Um, but the guy's a phenomenal athlete. He's got incredible vi- court vision. Uh, not quite as good as his brother, but really damn good. Um, six, seven, six, eight. So crazy size for a point guard. Um, he's also a really great defender and a great team player. He doesn't need the ball like a, a LeBron Westbrook problem that's about to arise. Um, he can, uh, he, he, you know, he, he, he gets rid of it like that. I mean, he's always whipping that ball around and, and, and he's, it's all about movement. And that's actually going to really help this team. They, you know, last year they were a little better in, in passing, but before that they were atrocious. And so I think he brings a lot of stuff to the table. He's a great compliment to Levine and the fact that Levine kind of needs the ball and needs to take majority of the shots. And, and Lonzo doesn't need any of that. He can just facilitate uh, and he can help, help cover up Levine's defensive uh, lapses. So I, I love that. And, and they got him on a crazy, crazy decent price for a young guy. I mean, he's still, he, and he's getting better every year. Those are the guys you lo- you got to get excited about. That's why Levine is so exciting. He gets, he, I mean, he shocked me. I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but he's gotten, a lot better every year. And that those are the guys you really want to, you know, get on your team. I, I don't know if DeRozan is one of those, but uh, so that, that's what, that, those are the main reasons I'm excited. Uh, he's, he's kind of fixed his jumper. Uh, Miles, your thoughts on Lonzo? Yeah, no, everything, everything was just said. I think he's such a great compliment to, you know, Kobe white specifically, who I just don't think is a good floor general. Um, you know, I think he's going to be great when it comes to facilitating facilitating the ball. Like, you know, like I was just said, I think his court vision was amazing. It's obviously not as great as LaMelo's, but I think he's going to be able to see certain passes, certain angles where he's going to be able to get the ball to Levine or DeRozan or whoever to, you know, get a great shot off or drive to the hoop. I just love – I love the court vision that he brings to the Bulls. Um, you know, he really doesn't have to rush down court to find, to find a good shot whether it's him or, you know, he's passing it off to someone. I love the poise that he brings. The Bulls don't need anyone who's just going to dribble down court, uh, blow past the offenders, uh, you know, go under the basket and drive out again, which is something that I've seen a lot, a lot over the past two years where uh, 
no, simply just inbounding the ball, Benny <laughs> J, just taking the ball. <laughs> like, we're in the second quarter with seven minutes left. Relax, like easy. I think I think that poise, like that that sense of urgency, is good. But um, I think he brings like a good pace to the Bulls. If things are gonna, if things are starting to move too fast, uh, offensively for them, and they're starting to rush their shots, they're starting to miss their shots, they're starting. Uh, the defense is breaking down a bit. I like what Lonzo Ball brings just with his court awareness. It's kind of like, hey, everybody bring it down a bit. Let's see what we got going on here with the defense. What are they running? What can we run against that to, uh, you know, combat that? I love what he brings this, uh, offensively to the Bulls. Yeah, He's going to push the pace to, uh, to yeah, yeah. the fast break because he can rebound and go. And, uh, yeah. I mean, and Zach is just deadly on the break. So there's going to be a lot of highlights happening from that. Um, now I'm really excited. I don't know how Vucevic fits into this. No, I don't know how the big feller does unless he just steps back and hits open threes, uh, which may be uh, what they have in mind for him. You know, it'd be really good on on the fast break with the Bulls at this new uh, athletic team, uh, Daniel Gafford. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Touche. Yes. Thank you. Oh, God. Yes, that was well done. Daniel Gafford, uh, folks who have forgotten, was incredibly. Uh, high jumping and powerful center that the Bulls had. They got him with, with a. It was a good draft choice. It was like a, I think he was seventeenth yeah. or something. It was a low uh, first round pick, and uh, the Bulls traded him last year. He was one of the guys they threw away uh, in the deal that brought them. I forget they were who I can't remember it was with Washington, and uh, so yes, I. He's one of those guys that I, I miss already uh, with the Chicago. Uh, as Miles he was, knows, he was he was thirty eighth, by the way, he was, second rounder. Who was second round? My bad. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, Bobby Portis, who was also from University of Arkansas. Uh, I, yep. As as Miles uh, and his dad can tell you, Benji, and you know this too. I fall in love with certain players, and then the they mm-hmm. never if they don't achieve their best their maximum potential with the Bulls, the Bulls dump them, and then I follow them. And I like there's guys all over the league that I'm and I'll tell that guy used to be on the Bulls. He like um well Bobby Portis, but the other one is Cameron Payne. I always felt mm-hmm. that Cameron Payne who really stepped up for yeah. there. There you go, Phoenix. That was some guy that Phoenix just took off the scrap heat and he really played yeah. well for them in the playoffs. And the Bulls, they treated well, he was injured. I gotta cut the Bulls some slack in this one. But uh uh, anyway, all right. I uh, Benji mentioned something. Miles, I get your opinion about this. And Benji has said this to me several times uh, in passing. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. He does not feel that the Lakers benefited from picking up Russell Westbrook, uh, and he thinks that in many ways uh, Russell Westbrook will ha- t- uh, cause problems for the Lakers, and they will not be as strong potentially this year as they were last year. Your thought on Russell Westbrook joining LeBron James and AD with the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he brings a lot of value to that team. Uh, I love I love his energy. Uh, I love I love the you know the the moral what he brings to the Lakers. But I just I don't don't think he brings a lot to the to that team already. As a, if they're missing something in a few areas, in my in my humble opinion, um, offensively, I really don't think Russell Westbrook is all that great when he's not shooting the ball. He's terrible. <laughs> he, and it's awful when he, when he's missing shots from outside the line. He's he's awful. It's, it's it's very brutal to watch. Um, so there's some sort of difficulties with him and LeBron figuring out who's gonna take the ball down the court, or you know the amount of times who's gonna have the ball for whatever. I don't think Russell fits that system anymore. Um, you know, I, I really liked him a few years ago when he was on the Thunder. Um, but really in his recent years, uh, specifically this last season. I don't, I don't like this move for the Lakers. I, I personally felt like it wasn't necessary for them. Um, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of energy on this Lakers team. It's going to be fun to see him and LeBron have their moments and him and AD have their moments. There's going to be some really fun things to watch with this squad. I just don't think Russell Westbrook was a necessary addition. Um, defensively, I think he's okay, really. I don't know if he's really done much defensively, in my opinion. Uh, but offensively, it's kind of been brutal the past like two years, uh, specifically this last season. I don't, I don't like it, and I'm just like how I'm okay about them picking up Melo as well. I, it's a, that's a that's an okay move to me. Benji, your thoughts on the Lakers? Hey, they're going to be fine in the regular season. They'll stagger these guys, and uh, you know, they're three great talents. I'm not going to diminish Russ to not 
being a great talent. Is he a great teammate, though? <laughs> I don't know, right? I mean, uh, he needs the ball all the time, and he's – I mean, his usage rate is so ridiculous. So that means that LeBron doesn't have the ball and AD doesn't have the ball. Well, that's not good. I'd rather have those two have the ball. So if those two have the ball and Russ doesn't, to Miles's point, he's one of the worst off-ball players in the NBA. He doesn't know what to do. He just stands around and mopes, or if you if you pass it to him, he's jacking up a crappy shot. So uh, what does he bring? I mean, he, he'll help their regular season record, but when it comes to the playoffs where you have to play your best lineup a majority of the game, how do all three of those team, people play on the same court? I don't get it. Unless I, he adapts. Yeah. He's never shown adaption yet. Well, there's that, yeah. you know, the, the fact of the matter is that LeBron James, uh, he, he, let's put it this way. LeBron James is bigger than a Russell Westbrook. So if he's going to adapt, this is, he will adapt for LeBron James. I've seen other players do it. I, but it does, I'm, I'm like with the two of you, it's, it baffled me and I like Russell Westbrook. I'm not one of those Russell Westbrook haters. Uh, I, I like his spirit and his energy and, um, he's a warrior. Yeah, and, and there's a fearlessness to him that I really respect, and uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, maybe it'll work out. Maybe uh, in ways that we can't imagine, uh, Russell Westbrook. I've seen other guys adapt. Oscar Robertson adapt. I'm so old. I remember Oscar Robertson adapting to a young <laughs> Lou Alcindor in 1971, you know? Yeah. And so... Bob uh, Pettit. Well, that, I'm not old enough to remember... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Bob Pettit. Oh, man. Come on. Uh, so, all right. We'll close with this. Alphas, alphas don't adapt at this stage in their career. Yeah. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, if Again, if anybody can uh, encourage them to do it, it would be LeBron James. So, we're going to close it's with this. It's probably not uh, worth $50 million as a take a risk on. Uh well, uh, I can't really defend that one. I have a hard enough yeah. time defending my beloved Bulls. I'm not going to defend. I can't stand the Lakers. All right. Uh, we'll close with this. Uh, and, Benji, I'll throw it to you first. One thing about Benji, uh, he, you folks need to know, this guy has a remarkable ability. i got to give him credit for this. Uh, to tell me at the start of a season who the great unknown is in the NBA. I, I remember it was you, Benji. I gave you a shout-out on this one. Donovan Mitchell, you told me, Donovan Mitchell is unbelievable. And at the time, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, he was, uh, I think, uh, I want to say he was drafted by your beloved Denver Nuggets and traded to the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think the Nuggets drafted him and traded him to the Utah Jazz. Whatever. He was not a, in the top 10. And he was, uh, and he proved to be probably he's going to be the best player in that draft. So who do you think is the player uh, coming out uh, in this draft that, Five years from now, when you, Miles, and I gather uh, to talk about NBA, will be heralded as a superstar. Uh, this draft was incredible. I, I really can't speak highly enough about not only how high, how good the top talent is, but how deep it is. I think it was really deep. Um, but it's also one of the hardest ones to ever evaluate because of the lack of playing time these guys had in the last year and a half. And so some of it's tricky. Um, so I'll give a couple draft picks that I really liked. And then, um, five years, sometimes, you know, I mean, I think the top three for sure are all going to be great. I, I mean, this, the guy, Houston's draft was mind bogglingly awesome. Um, that, that green kid is, he's Zach Levine already almost. It's nuts. Why, why do you see him play? Um, I really like, uh, this is a bad Kentucky draft. None of those guys are going to pan out. Um, I was I was a big fan and just absolutely shocked at the Baylor kid Butler, not Mitchell. Uh, I don't understand why he was drafted in the second round and Mitchell was drafted in the first. I think the Mitchell pick is not going to end up so well. He's a six foot guard. It's, he's old. Um, I'm he's also old. against. <laughs> he's twenty one. Well, for, 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 well, you know, yeah. but for a draft. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, but but. But the 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 the, thing, the reason why that's important is because he stood out so much against really young players, right? And so when you see like a Devin Booker, I mean, people forget that like, he's only still like 
he's so crazy young because he came out when he was 18. The difference between an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old in form and like how much you can grow is is really nuts. And so the 21s, of course, will stand out when they're playing those people. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm droning on about that. For, for a breakout candidate of a guy who's already in the league, Miles Bridges, or uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the guy for Phoenix, the small forward. Uh, why am I blanking? Um, the, the kid from uh, Villanova. Villanova, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bridges? Is it Bridges? Yeah, hey, Bridges, uh, yeah. Yeah, you had it right. Yeah, so, so uh, I, I think he's going to make a big leap. Um, I think uh, he's already in, one of the best defensive players in the NBA. He's got a smooth jump shot. He's passive on that team right now because uh, he's letting you know Booker and Aiton and Chris Paul kind of do all the all the scoring. But I think he's got a potential for a Kawhi breakout this year. Wow. Uh two years. Okay, a couple years. Uh, I mean, he's gonna it's gonna be incremental. It's gonna be boom, boom, and the, but I think the leaps are gonna be big. Remember Kawhi, you know, in the first couple of years, it wasn't he wasn't, you know, as dominant. And then all of a sudden it was just like two years. It was like, where'd that come from? Yeah. No, yeah, but he was already showing uh he wasn't dominant player. He was on a team where uh there were better players than him on the court, Tim Duncan, etc. But he was already showing the evidence that he was going to be brilliant in some of those early playoff games, if you recall, against uh, LeBron, where he would have to cover LeBron. Uh, but your your point's well taken. Uh, you could just watch him develop every year. Miles, who are your some of the, the people that you predict will be uh, outstanding players that are coming out of this draft? And it's Mikhail, Brid- Mikhail Bridges. Sorry. <laughs> that was stupid of me. I just brain farted. Miles Bridges is on Charlotte. Yeah, no. I, I literally, uh, you know, I really like Jalen Green a lot. Um, yeah. I think I think Evan Mobley is going to turn out pretty pretty decent. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, Cade Cunningham. I'm really rooting for this guy, but specifically with with uh, with Jalen Green. I mean, you know, I, I really I really love what he's going to bring to the table, and he's so young as well. He's six six, one one seventy eight, puts on a few pounds. He's just going to be so dominant for them, for the Rockets. So, um, you know, you know, I, there's a lot of draft picks in here that I'm looking at that I think guys are going to turn out well, but I think Jalen Green, that's my pick to be someone who's going to turn out uh, very beautifully down the line. Jalen Green, 100%. All right. And I, of course, am going to make uh, this projection that 10 years from now, everybody will be saying the Chicago Bulls were geniuses for drafting Io uh, out of uh, the (laughs) University of Illinois. Benji's (laughs) laughing, and so is Miles. Uh, All right, gentlemen. And uh, it's so much fun talking basketball with you. And I just have to say, uh, I argue vigorously with Benji, and more often than not, he is right and I am wrong. I just want to point out from our last show (laughs) Uh, we, when we did the predictions, I, I was wrong on my prediction. It didn't go take seven games. Uh, I had the Bucks in seven. It just took six. And uh, so I was wrong, and Benji was right in that one. And, Miles, I can't remember. Oh, you weren't even on that show because you were busy that day. You were working, so you weren't on that show. You didn't make your predictions. You can't be right or wrong. Uh, all right, very good. Benji, I want to thank you. Uh, Miles, I want to thank you as well. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.